Welcome to the Songwriter Theory Podcast. I'm your host, Joseph Vidala, and we're going to talk about music theory, lyric writing, creative productivity, inspiration, and more. I'm super excited to have you here, so let's dive into the episode. Hello, friend. Welcome to Songwriter Theory. If this is your first time joining us, welcome. If this is your 68th time joining us, also, welcome. Because this is the 68th episode, which is crazy to think about. We are now closer to 100 than to episode 1. Or we have been now for several months, uh, which is crazy to think about. Uh, But excited to dive into what we're going to talk about today. Um, I mentioned it. A couple of times, uh, especially recently, and that is the importance of instrument improvisation, um, especially for songwriting. So I decided that I wanted to do a whole podcast breaking down why it is that instrument improvisation is so important. So let's dive in. First big idea. We're going to have three big ideas today. The first one is that it helps you make your music theory knowledge practical. So if you've been tuning in to the recent podcasts, I've really, 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 really dug my heels in and gone for gold for really trying to convince you and make you buy in to the idea of the importance of music theory. Again, Mostly the basics of music theory, you know, knowing what a French chord is and, you know, being able to decipher like, well, okay, since it's a double flat five, it means like all that stuff, yes, is is limited in how practical it is and is not necessary to learn. But what I call the four pillars of music theory, which is keys, intervals, chords, and chord progressions, those are imperative to songwriting. And I have uh, had whole podcasts about that, so I won't beat that horse too much here. But here I'm conceding um, really music theory is only useful, right? And specifically those four especially, is only useful as long as it's practical, right? Uh, So I think why people are afraid of music theory or or scoff at music theory is... um, They think it's some academic thing that has no actual practical usage, right? Because often the word theory is used for for things that are um, unnecessary, maybe, or things that are, you know, if you think about theories, you often think about like, okay, you know, before the latest Star Wars movie came out, there were a bunch of theories out there, right? Which is just a bunch of random people, uh, you know, myself included. I, I don't have a podcast or anything about my Star Wars theories, and I don't write blogs about it. But, you know, I discuss with my friends my, you know, the different theories about, like, oh, what, what do you think is going to come up? And, and that's not really useful stuff, right? Like, it's fun to talk about. It's interesting, Uh, to those of us that are, you know, Star Wars nerds or whatever. Um, But a lot of things where we use the word theory um, is unnecessary stuff. And sometimes it almost is uh, gluttonous, right? Like, 
sometimes you think about like somebody walking around in an art museum, like, oh, the, well, my theory about this painting is that it is representative of the person's inner sanctum of, you know what I mean? Like, and that's sort of how people view it, which is kind of sad now that it, it's called music theory because I think it gives off a, a bad, um, impression just by the name. Um, but what improvisation can help you do is help make that music theory knowledge practical. Now, again, it's practical for for songwriting, um, even without improv, but improv, uh, brings it to the next level. Um, so, you know, knowing conceptually the purpose of a sus chord or what a one chord sounds like in context is only useful if you know how to use it, right? Um, and improvisation helps you to be able to see the music at a whole other level. Instead of thinking about keys and chords, you just begin to see it and feel it and just understand it. Um, so if you've ever noticed, learning basically falls into these casual phases that I made up. So the first phase, right, is I have no idea, right? You've heard, you, you hear somebody say a thing and you're like, I've never heard of that in my life. I have no idea what you're talking about, right? Like that, I've never heard of that TV show. I've never, I've never heard of that scientific theory. Um, you know, I've never heard of what a French chord is. Like, like I don't even, I've never even heard of it. And then the second stage is I think I've heard that before, right? Like, you know, if, if somebody mentions to you, oh, did you know that, you know, Darth Plagueis was Darth Sidious's master? And you'd be like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, th- I think I've heard that before. Like, now that you say it, I feel like at some point I knew that. And then the third stage is, now that you mention it, or now that you give me a hint, I, I think I know. Right? Maybe you limited my choices a little bit, gave me a multiple choice. Um, or... Or, you know, if, 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 if uh, let's say you're, you're like, oh, for some reason I forget, you know, the first president of the United States and somebody's like, it starts with a G and you're like, oh yeah, I'm an idiot. How did I blank on that? It's George Washington, right? Like you knew that, uh, but you needed a little hint, need a little push, which, uh, if you didn't know that the first president of the United States is George Washington, you either are not from the United States or have lived under a rock in a seriously impressive way. Um, Even if you're not, there's a question. I know there's a lot of people, I think, from Iceland that uh, listen to this podcast. If you are from somewhere that is not the United States, let me know in the comments, if there's comments here, or shoot me an email, joseph at songwritertheory.com. Let me know. Did you know George Washington was the first president, even though you're not from the United States? Uh, I feel like that's... I don't know. I feel like... That's maybe something that even uh, people outside of this continent might know. Not sure. I would think Lincoln and Washington would be the leaders that, like, everybody knows. You know, kind of like King George for England, right? Like, I don't need to be from England to, to know him. Um, but anyway, um, so that's the the third stage. And, and similar is, you know, just give me the first word and I'll know. Right. Like like if 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 you're, you're singing a song, right, you have a song that you're performing, uh, you know, the lyrics, but you're just you keep blanking on the first word. And then someone tells you the first word is the and then you're like, oh, well, now I know all the lyrics and it just kind of comes to me. Um, and then the fifth stage or fourth stage is I know. Right. Like, you know how to play a song. Um. 
you know, if, if you're reading the music, uh, or if you're at least looking at the music, if you don't zone out, you can play the song. You're, you're able to do that. Or, you know, you, you, you know a thing, you know how to edit a video, you know how to record a song. Um, and then there's that last stage, which is I can do it without even thinking autopilot, right? Like I can play a song and talk to you at the same time because my brain is, you know, you know what we consider, uh, um, muscle memory, right? Like we, 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 the term muscle memory, right? Is when you don't have to think about it anymore, right? You can, you can know how to kick a football or catch a football, right? But that next level is not, you, you don't have to know anymore. You don't have to th- know in your brain because your body just, you know it so well that your body almost automatically does it. You don't have to think about it. You don't have to think about, you know, where to put your foot to get the right amount of power to get it to the right place or whatever. Like you just know, you just know how to do it and it's second nature to you. Um, and that is what improvisation gets you to. Uh, because if you're improvising, right, you don't have time to plan and think out and know what you're going to do next. With improvisation, you're getting better and better and better at creativity on the fly, right? You're you're getting better at just being able to just play, right? Like I can set up a piano, pick a key or a couple keys and just play stuff for hours and indefinitely until I need to go to the bathroom, right? And that doesn't make me incredible or anything. It just means I, I understand the music theory of keys and chords and all of those important things um, from the four pillars of music theory, which if you don't know those and if you haven't picked up my free guide yet on the, those four main factors of music theory... Uh, the link will be in the description below. Be sure to pick it up totally free. Uh, it's also at songwritertheory.com slash music theory guide, all one word. Um, but music theory is what helps you make sense of the wild, wild west that music can be. But it's only book knowledge if it can't be used. And improvisation is it in use. You are using it in real time, right? Because when you're improvising, you're understanding, I'm in the key of C. Here's what I have to work with. So I just know intuitively that if I hit C, D, E, F, G, A, B, no sharps or flats, those are all notes I have in the key of C. So when I'm improvising, right, I'm using those notes. And I also understand when I go to a G chord, okay, the notes that are going to sound very consonant with a G chord is a G, a B, and a D, because those are the three notes in a G chord, and I understand that. So that's practical music theory. So if I, let's say I go to the G chord and I hit a C in the melody, right? Like I understand, because I understand music theory, uh, I understand that that's going to have a suspended kind of feel, because a C and a G chord would be like a sus chord, right? And it's going to have that draw back down to B because B is actually in that chord, right? So, so that's, you know, that's not theory, right? It is music theory that I know that, but when I improvise, I'm, I'm making it practical, right? Cause when I play that C note, I actually know like, Oh, okay. Like I should go back down to B to resolve it or, or maybe all the way down to G to resolve it or, or up to D. D to resolve it, right? Because those are the other ones in a G chord. Or I can stay on that C and actually change the chord to a chord that 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 
has a C and that will help make it sound resolved. And I also understand, you know, my book knowledge that a C will sound suspended uh, will sort of have that little bit of dissonance um, while playing a G chord. You know, I can know that in my head from music theory, right? But until I do it while I'm improvising, it, the, the knowledge is not as practical. But then when I improvise and I, I hear it firsthand, right? Like, ooh, there, there's a little, there's a little uh, distance there that sort of just has a pull, right? It wants to resolve. When I hear that and then I try, I just improvise down to like, oh, let's go down to a B then. And then I, feel, I hear that resolution. It really solidifies that music theory knowledge in my brain, right? And it also, um, you know, j- just helps me to be able to use music theory in a practical way on the fly. Because if I hit an F sharp while I'm in the key of C and it sounds funky or bad, you know, I've, I've helped made that music theory knowledge of F sharp is not in the key of C more solidified, right? Because when I improvise and I accidentally hit it, ooh, that doesn't sound good. Big idea number two. Uh, and the rest of these are not based in music theory. Don't worry. As much as I love music theory, that is not that is not the only, and probably not even the most important reason uh, that improv- improvisation using an instrument is important. So, big idea number two, I already touched on, and that's that it helps you learn creativity on the fly. So. How do you measure a contractor, right? So when I say contractor, I mean, you know, a construction worker, somebody who comes into your house and is going to, you know, build your new bathroom, someone who's someone who's going to install new plumbing into your home, Uh, any of those sorts of things. How How do you measure that person and their performance? Think about it and say it out loud if you can. If you're at work, don't, because people will think you're crazy. Whether or not that's true, I will leave it up to you to decide. But um, speed and quality versus price is what I would argue, right? Those are basically the three factors. How quickly they can get it done, how well they get it done, and then for what price they do it. So if they can do it in two hours and do it right so that doesn't need to be fixed again somebody else doesn't need to come in to fix their mess and it's only like 200 bucks great right but let's say it's still 200 bucks and they're still going to do it in a quality way but it's going to take them two weeks you would consider that guy not as good right because it takes him longer to do it yes he'll do it right yes he'll do still do it for a good price but you know say he's reflooring your hallway you know, that's two weeks that your hallway is a mess and there's, you know, maybe wood dust everywhere. You know, the dust that comes from cutting laminate or whatever floor you're putting in. Um, so speed and quality are the two big factors and, and price. But where price is sort of irrelevant to songwriting in this case. So speed and quality. Right. And then price. Are they really a great contractor if they take two months to do a one-week project? No. Even if the price is great and the quality is great, I would say they're not that great. So similarly, if you can learn to be creative and sound good creatively on the fly, right, in real time, 
that helps increase your songwriting ability, right? Because improvisation is basically, well, it's improv, right? Sort of like improv comedy, right? That nothing was planned. It's just the ability to be quick-witted enough to figure it out on the fly and still be entertaining, right? And this is the same thing, but for music. So if you can think quickly, right? If you can think quickly and to the point or, or feel quickly, right? If you don't even have to think about it, you can just feel the music and, and creatively come up with something that sounds pleasant on the fly. That's going to make it even easier for you to write something when you don't need to do it on the fly, right? When you can sort of improvise a little bit and then be like, oh, that's the part I like. Let me workshop that a little bit. You know, I, I mostly like the melody I had, but I want to change it up a little bit. Or I didn't really like this chord progression that I decided to do in the moment, right? It's, it's like a runway for creativity, right? Like it just sort of sets you off on your way. Um, so similarly, uh, you got to ask the question, what's, what's one of your biggest creative hindrances? For most people, and a lot of people, it's not knowing where to start, right? A blank page. You open a new Google Doc to write a new song, and you're like staring at the blank page, and you're just like, I don't even know where to start, right? Because there are infinite options. You have too many options. So your brain is just in like this cognitive dissonance of, oh, I don't even know where to start, right? And if you can improvise, your creativity to the runway point becomes automatic and you never have a blank page because you have a running engine that you can kick into gear right because you you no longer have to stare at a blank page and 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 think of something you can just sit at your piano or your guitar or whatever you can improvise with and and just go right you're just going now you might improvise for an hour and come up with nothing that you want to maintain that's good but that's better than staring at a blank page for an hour, right? And it can help you find something creatively. Like maybe you sat down and you thought to yourself, I'm going to write a song. Uh, I just finished BoJack Horseman, which, by the way, uh, is is very raunching, raunchy. Sorry, I will give that warning. But it is a masterpiece. If you looked at it and you thought that looks stupid or silly, it's not. It is incredible. It is incredibly well written. Um, and it's, it's just an incredible show. Uh, it might be my favorite Netflix show of all, which is saying something cause there's some good Netflix stuff out there. But, uh, any, anyway, so if, you know, you thought, Oh, I'm going to write this song about, uh, I don't want to spoil anything, but last night, one of the episodes I watched, it was called the view from halfway down. And I won't tell you what it means because it's kind of spoilery, but you know it, that inspired me, so I, I wrote it down in my my idea Google Doc. And maybe today, right? I, I sit down. There's a blank page, and I think that's what I'm going to write about. But then I keep staring at a blank page, and I'm like, well, for some reason, I'm just not as inspired as I as I might have been last night, or right now. I just I, I don't really know where to go with this, and then it becomes just this overwhelming like. I gotta do this song, but if I just go over and improvise, right? There's, I'm get, there's no longer that pressure, right? And I might end up coming up with a riff or a melody or something that fits perfectly with this song. Or while I'm improvising, I might go in some weird, different direction that will be good 
as a starter for another song, right? So it sort of frees you to sort of find your creativity instead of creating it, right? So creativity is all about creating. But sometimes I think we put ourselves at a disadvantage when we force ourselves to make something, um, which is a weird thing to say, right? Because creating and making is the, the same thing. Um, but sometimes, especially with improvisation, which is one of the big reasons it's so important in my mind, like with improvisation, you can find the creativity instead of, instead of having to go get it. You can just, like the engine's already running and your already running engine is the ability to improvise. You just need to put it into gear. You don't need to, you know, know how to start the car or anything like that because it's it's already started. You don't need to find your keys, right? Like the engine's already going. You just need to put it in first gear to start accelerating. Um, you don't need to find the keys, which can be the hard part, right? Your keys are lost somewhere in your house. You don't know. Like I, I full disclosure, I, I yesterday around the house, I at some point apparently lost my wedding ring, which is weird because usually I notice the second it comes off. Um, but later in the day, I was busy working on a Mount Rushmore of Everything video, uh, which is another project I do. Go check them out. We uh, shameless plug now that I'm mentioning it. But uh, me and my friend Carlo do videos about the Mount Rushmore of everything. So like the Mount Rushmore of, of Star Wars characters or pies or world empires or something like that, where we try to figure out if there was a Mount Rushmore of this thing, what would be on that Mount Rushmore? So those are a lot of fun. Go check those out. Uh, get on YouTube. If you just search for Mount Rushmore of everything, but anyway, so I was, I was working on editing a video for that. And I looked down at my keyboard and I saw my hand and I'm like, Oh my, my ring's not there. And I spent like an hour and a half looking for my ring because it's to the point like I'm so used to my wedding ring that it feels weird not wearing it like I don't like it. I just like I, I need something on that finger. Um, so uh, keys can be like that, too, right? Where like you're you're looking for your key and you just don't know where it is and you need to go. You need to leave. Um, and then you spend an hour looking for your key and never find it. And you're just like, well, I guess we're not going out tonight then. And. So how much better would it be to not need that key and your engine's already started, right? Somebody's already out in the car. They put the key in or there isn't a key. The The car's started up. All you need to do is put it in gear and go. Um, and that's sort of what improv, improvisation with an instrument is. You, you, your engine's going, right? Your creativity engine's going. You just It just starts. You don't have to overthink it, right? Because you can just go to your keyboard or go to your whatever and you're like, oh, uh, key of C, whatever. And then you just do stuff and there's no pressure to get it right the first time because you're not telling yourself you're writing, right? You're just improvising and maybe you'll happen across something great. And often, often you do, at least in my experience. So, let's say you're buying a house and you need to fill it with house stuff. You need to fill it with couches and tables and beds and bed sets or bedroom sets. Sorry. Um, what would be better trying to think of the stuff you may need and Googling for that individual thing, right? So if you're in your apartment, you're thinking to yourself, Hmm, what do I need? 
And then you think, oh, I need, I need a couch, I think. So you Google for a couch, figure out what couch to get. And then you sit there and you're thinking to yourself, hmm, what else do I need? Oh, a TV. I think I need a TV. Don't have a TV in this apartment, but now that we're getting a house, might as well have a TV, right? I'm older than 22 now. I need to watch things not just on my laptop. Um, but then you forget about, like, pans, right? Because you're too busy just sitting there just thinking with no context, nothing to help you figure out what you may need. You're just sitting there, and you have to think of these things. And that's hard to do, right? Like, if, if you just, wherever you are, think about, like, things you need in your house. Think about them. Figure out some things. And I bet you that I could name something that you didn't think of. Right? Because there's so many things, like pans. When I mentioned pans, that might have been like, oh, well, yeah, well, now that you say that. Uh, but not just pans, right? You need a spatula for your pan. Right? And you got a TV, but uh, forgot the TV stand. That might be a problem, right? Or you got a bed, you got a mattress, right? But you didn't get the, you know, the bed set thing that it it goes on, the, the actual legs of the bed. You got the mattress, for some reason you forgot that it doesn't just come with the rest of the bed. It's so easy to forget these things, right? But let's say instead you walk through the store. Now it's easy, right? Because you walk past at Walmart or whatever. You walk past, let's say you're just, you know, getting odds and ends around the house, like pots and pans and, and you know, a hammer and, and a screwdriver and, you know, stuff, you know, a picture for the wall, stuff like that. You know, if you you might not think of the blank walls and the fact that you could probably use picture frames uh, unless you walk past it at Walmart because you're going through every aisle. Right? And now you're just finding stuff. It's already there. You just need to find it. That's much easier than thinking of it in the first place, right? It would be almost impossible for you to sit at home and just think of all the things that you need for your new house. Be almost impossible. You could Google. You might Google for like a list, right, of all the things you need. And now you have a checklist. So now you just need to find those things, right? So that's sort of what improvisation gives you it sort of helps you get out of your creative head and and it just helps you just start right because that's the hardest part sometimes it's just starting and you know just like it's easiest to not get overwhelmed with all the things you need to buy for your new house by just going to the store just go right and now you know you see a pot and pan you're like oh yep i need that which is a good thing I came here because I wasn't going to think of that. I was going to move in. I was planning to make pasta, but I couldn't because I didn't have my pot to boil the water in and to put the pasta in. How unfortunate that would have been. Which brings us to number three. Big idea number three. Which is that it overall just makes the writing process easier. Unless you jump in. Right? It's like playing hockey outside with your friends instead of doing drills by yourself. Right? If you ever played sports when you were a kid, uh, you know, a large part of most practices right, were drills 
And drills are when you're, you know, working on a specific skill. It's like, you know, for instruments, it's like scales, right? It's, it's a, you're practicing a specific skill that you know need to, you need to get better at, right? So shooting from a specific angle, passing across the field. Um, you know, so with drills and and in um those sorts of things you are sp- practicing a very specific thing and you're making a specific situation that you're practicing right you're practicing one on one with the goalie that's a specific situation so that you can master that one thing and that's the purpose of drills right but usually you're not going to do drills by yourself that's not that fun right that's what practice is for that's why you go to practice once or twice a week for an hour and then you have scrimmage right scrimmage is where you make all those skills you learned practical so in scrimmage and then in the regular game when you have one-on-one with the goalie because you did that drill so many times you're prepared you know what to do right and then when you're playing with your friends just in your backyard, you're also utilizing those skills that you that you came up with in or that you gained via the drills and you're practicing them more and more to the point where now you're just it's second nature to you how to handle uh you know a pass from a, across the rink if you're doing hockey or second nature to you how to deal with one-on-one with a goalie. Um, it's second nature to you how to stop a shot from happening, right? Because you did the drills and now you're making it practical by practicing, by doing, you know, scrimmages and just playing in your backyard. And it's fun, right? That's, that's, that's the important part. Because drills get boring, right? How long can you practice scales, right? Everybody moans and groans about scales. And scales are very important, right? That's understanding. That's, that's, that's sort of the same as learning keys, right? When you do the C major scale, that's also the key of C major. Uh, so it's important. But it's boring, right? It's it's. It, nobody likes practicing scales, or if you do, you like it for like the first 10 minutes maybe, but then it gets old. But what happens when you improvise? Because that's practicing your scales in a way. That's practicing the key that you're working in, but it makes it fun, right? Because it's an adventure. You get There's no pressure. You're not telling yourself you're writing or anything. And that's sort of the same thing as playing sports in your backyard, right? There's no, there's no, there's no pressure of the game or the coach is going to blow the whistle and point out how much you suck at this drill or, you know, if you have a mean coach or whatever. You don't have to worry about any of that. You're just having fun. And at the same time, you're utilizing the skills you have picked up, but it's just fun and it makes you better at the same time. So it's a win-win because it's fun and it helps you learn in advance in your skills. When you're playing a new game, do you want to painstakingly read all the directions until you understand everything? Like like board game. If you're, I, I'm a board gamer, okay? And when I say board games, if you thought Monopoly or Risk, you're thinking of the wrong thing. Those aren't board, I mean, they are board games, but they're trash. I'm talking about real board games, like in the board gaming community. Um, you know, to us, Settlers of Catan isn't even a real game. I mean, it is, but it's trash as well. It's a gateway game, we call it. But anyway, so we play more advanced, intricate 
um, board games that have interesting strategies and stuff compared to like stupid trouble and stuff. But some of these rule books are, you know, three full pages of text or five full pages of text. It's a lot to read. So when I'm teaching somebody a new game that I already understand, what do you think the better thing to do is to read every line of the direction, make them pay attention to me talking out loud for 10 minutes and then, and just expecting them to absorb all the rules or learn the basics and then learn the rest of the nitty gritty of the game while you go, right? Learn the strategy as you go. You know, it's not really important what the end game is or how it looks until you get there, you know, by each phase of the game, learning about each phase as you go through it, right? Because now people aren't bored because you're actually playing and they're learning as they go. And that's sort of what improvisation is, right? It's like learning as you go. So it's fun. It's easier to sort of just keep going. Whereas if you just sit down and study like all the key of C is all of these notes and blah, 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 like that gets boring and And you're not going to want to do that for that long. But improvisation is fun and also teaches you these things. So it's an incredible win. And it also helps you to be able to play parts instead of writing them, right? So let's say you have a song written and you're recording it. You have the piano recorded. You have the vocals recorded. You have the guitars for the most part. But you have a bridge, And the bridge doesn't have any vocals, so you knew that a guitar solo was going in there. What do you think is going to be easier? Writing a guitar solo? Like, literally writing out all the individual notes? And, you know, you just keep editing the notes that you're writing until you have some that that work and sound good? It's going to take you hours and hours and hours. You know what what you can do instead? Improvise a solo because you understand. You know, I'm in the key. I always say C. So let's let's change it up. I'm in the key of E, right? And the key of E has four sharps. Uh, So you know all of these notes that you have to work with. You know, you have E and F sharp and G sharp and A and B, you, you know, so, so, you, so you just know this C sharp and D sharp if you care what the other ones are. Um, and you know you have these notes to work with. So now you just get your guitar out and it's fun, right? You just sort of do different stuff using those notes. You know these seven notes you have to work with and you just play until you find something that you think sounds good and you like and maybe you record that one and you play it over and over and then you tweak it a little bit that's so much quicker and more fun to write that way right like that's exclusively how i write i think for music composition when you're getting deep into like different chord structures it can be helpful to actually write the individual music notes but i for none of my songs that i've ever written in my life have i ever written out comprehensively the music and I know how to read music I was you know I was trained classically originally I'm not against music I don't think it would be I think it would be cool to have my music written out but it's never necessary right because I'm I'm improvising and then tweaking and then I just play it over and over and then I record it and when I record it right I can listen back and know what I played so why do I ever need to take the incredible amount of time to write it physically and I'm not dissing on writing it physically right it's very it's a very important skill set, I think, or can be. Um, and it's, 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 you know, without that, we wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't, you know, be able to just download some music doc to learn to play a certain song, right? Like, it's, it's, it's a very important way to communicate how to play music. Um, but 
when it comes to writing your own music, it's much more fun, more quick, and even can be much more effective using your improvisation skills in order to write that next part. Um, because you are getting real-time feedback, right? If you take the time to write eight measures of a guitar solo, and then you end up realizing, wow, all of that sounds like trash. You're not getting real-time feedback, right? When you're just improvising it, first of all, it takes however long your eight measures is, right? 15 seconds, 30 seconds. It takes you that long to run through, improvise once, figure out if you liked any of what you did, and then you loop it around again, and you go again, right? So in in three minutes, you might have had six different opportunities to write, in quotation marks, and by that I mean improvise, different possible solos or parts of the solo, compared to, you know, you might be three notes in to actually physically writing out the music, and the difference is you still have no idea how those three notes sound that you're writing out, but you know all six of the solos you improvised, you don't like any of them or what parts you did like. And now you have some feedback, right, to go off of. So it's sort of like how an improv experience sharpens the brain for comedy and quick-wittedness, right? You have to learn to come up with good stuff quickly and in real time. So improvising with your instrument is sort of the same thing. You learn over time to get more and more quick and efficient to writing something good because you keep getting constant feedback, right? You, you start to learn all the little things that that do or don't work, right? Like, like now... You know, the, to me, the first stage of improvisation on the piano is keys, right? Working all in keys. Like, to me, it is it is a mistake, like a physical mistake I make if I hit, like, an F sharp when I'm in the key of C. I know that that note doesn't go there. I would never actually go for that note. I know better than that, right? So that saves me the time of ever hitting that note, right? Like, Because it would be a waste of time because it's wrong. Because I'm in the key of C, so I'm probably not using the note F sharp. And I just know that now. So improv and improvisation helps me get past that, right? When you improvise comedy, you might learn certain jokes that just are never going to work. So you don't try to do those things. So at the end of the day, improvisation helps make the writing process easier. So, in conclusion, here are the three big ideas we went over. One is it helps you make your music theory knowledge practical, which at the end of the day is the only way music theory matters, right? If you don't even know how to play an instrument or know how to write music or care to write music and you understand music theory, that is pretty worthless knowledge, right? Who cares what notes are in the key of C if you're never going to play a song in the key of C, right? What does it matter? It's just book knowledge at that point. But if you do play music, it's very important because now you just understand that when you're doing a guitar solo in this song in the key of C, you know what notes you have to work with. Right? Very important. And, you know, after you improvise in the key of C with your solo enough times, it becomes second nature to you what notes you have to work with. You don't even have to think about it anymore. Big idea number two is it helps you learn creativity on the fly, which is great, right? Because the quicker you can be more effectively creative, the quicker you can get into the creative zone and start creating something, even if it's, you know, in real time and just improv- improvised creativity, uh, the better. 
And the better you get at improvisation quickly, uh, the, 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 the less time you're wasting on writing bad things. Because if you can even improvise pretty decent things, um, just think if you just take an extra 10 minutes, how good of mu- how good the music you can come up with will be. Um, and then lastly, it just makes the writing process easier because you just know everything you have to work with. You can just improvise things until it works out. And your knowledge of improvisation helps you know ahead of time what you should do because you've improvised so many times in the key of E. You know, you know what notes you should use and where, and you know from experience that when you go to the A major chord in the key of E that this note sounds this way because you've done it so many times. You just understand how it all fits together. And because of that, when you go to record your guitar solo, you are going to make fewer and fewer mistakes and you're going to more quickly get to a great solo because... Your improvisation has helped make that music theory practical and it's now made that writing process easier because you've learned creativity on the fly. This is why improvisation is so important and why improvisation is one of the things I talk about in my free guide about 10 ways to start writing a song today, right now. Uh, because you know what? I hate staring at a blank page. And the more options you have to just start writing a song, the better. I actually have a couple bonus ones in there as well. But if you are interested in 10 different ways to start writing a song, five are lyrics based uh, and five are music based, different ways to start writing, um, then. This free guide is for you. Again, totally free. My gift to you for making it all the way through this podcast. Um, it is at songwritertheory.com slash free guide. All one word. The link will be in the description below. I also said I would put the music theory link there. So both will be there. Feel free to pick up both if you haven't already. They both are incredibly useful and definitely go together well. Um I definitely highly recommend getting both, and they're both free. So why not? What do you have to lose? So thank you for listening. Thank you if you are a new listener. I hope you enjoyed this. If you are an old listener, I appreciate that you are still here and you're still uh, fighting the good fight, if you will, which is uh, the desire to learn to be a great songwriter so that you can help our world be more full of quality art, quality songwriting, um, which I think is just so important, right? Because you're here, you're listening to this podcast, so you've probably had similar experiences to me where I've had songs that have gotten me through tough times. I've had songs that have added so much enjoyment to my life, right? Because it makes me tap my foot. It makes me feel good. And I have, you know, so many songs that when I was going through a tragedy or when I was going through something really rough, uh, they helped pull me through because I felt less alone. So regardless of how music has moved you before, I hope that a part of your mission, a part of why you're here wanting to learn to songwrite the way I was so passionate and am am still so passionate about learning more and more about songwriting uh, so that I can songwrite better, quicker, and and have more time to do it. Um, I hope 
that this podcast helps you on that quest to whatever your specific reasons are. Uh, hopefully you are passionate as I am about writing quality stuff that helps make this world a better place. And for that, I want to say thank you for listening to this podcast and whatever other podcasts or videos or whatever else you do to become a better songwriter. Um, that's making the world a better place. I really believe that. So it's awesome that you are doing that. If you haven't, um, and you really enjoy this podcast, please do go to iTunes and leave a review. If you feel like you can give it five stars so that more people can discover this. If you feel like you can't give it five stars, reach out to me, joseph at songwritertheory.com, and let me know what I can do to help earn five stars from you. Because here's the thing. I don't want you to lie, right? I don't want you to say it's five stars if you don't think it is five stars. And if you don't think it's five stars, I don't want you to tank my... Um, Ratings because I want to have the chance to uh, get more people to listen to this podcast so that I have the chance to make more podcasts so I can become a five star podcaster, if you will. Um, but, you know, if my rating is tanked by people given one stars or whatever, I won't have that chance. So I do ask if you feel like you can't give it five stars, let me know what I can do to someday earn five stars from you because uh, I want to do better at this podcast, every single podcast. And I know I've gotten a lot better since episode one, for sure. It's much more natural for me now to talk on a mic um, with, you know, because I'm not really talking to anybody. I'm just staring at my computer screen talking. And I know I have gotten better, and I, I but I want to keep getting better. Um, and I want to help you better. So also, Feel free to reach out to me, joseph at songwritertheory.com, if there are specific subjects you want me to talk about. I've had tons of people, or not tons, but several people reach out, um, and I think I've covered most or all of the subjects that they have reached out about, and if not, um, it's probably in my queue of episodes to record, at least at this time, um, So I and I will respond to those emails as well. So if you have anything else you want to say to me, Again, email me, joseph at com. I will be happy to hear from you. So, have an awesome week, and I will talk to you next week. <laughs>